Welcome to the Real Driving Man podcast. I am John Henry, and today it is an episode of, or this episode is, uh, a bipolar talk where I'm going to talk in depth about something relating to mental health. And I will have another episode out today where it's just me talking. And so if you're a person who does not want to just hear my uh, dumb random thoughts, I get you. Just check out this one. Um, But check out the others. Sometimes uh, today I think I'm going to talk about um, hunting and and fishing and some other things on uh, uh, self-therapy. So check it out. Keep no mind is all I ask. But today the topic is going to be... Let me get this. Today the topic is going to be drugs and alcohol. I've talked a lot about drugs and alcohol on probably all these episodes of Bipolar Talk, but I was like, I can't think of enough something to talk about today. So I was like, oh, I should just talk all about drugs and alcohol in relation to mental illness. And before we begin, I always want to open with, I am not a doctor. I don't really have any certifications that would make me worthy of listening to um, other than dealing with um, severe mental illness for um, a long time. Uh, sorry, we're still fucking with the lighting here because it's still pretty low-budget podcast. <laughs> um, but I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me. Um, if you want more accurate information, I it's a popular podcast way more popular than this. Probably just listening to it instead of this one. Um, Andrew Huberman always has a ton of good episodes with good factual information, and one of the reasons I decided not to try to make it factual is, one, I don't have a degree in mental health or anything like that. My degree was in computer science and mathematics and Japanese. Uh, And, like, Andrew Huberman is so good at doing those medical podcasts with accurate scientific information. I'm not going to be better than that. So I thought I'd give more of an anecdotal experience, which is what all this information is, the anecdotal stuff I've done. But I have been through 21 years of therapy now, and um, I've dealt with a mental illness since I was four, um, and I got really good care. So I do know a thing or two. So officially, don't get your information from me, but maybe unofficially, I don't know, you know, maybe you, um, maybe you take it to a thing or two away. Uh, and so drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, it, it's hard because um, there's a point in your life, I would really say when you're about 18 to maybe like 22, so you're like college years, where that's all you want to do. I remember I got to college, and I never really had parents who were helicopter or like super restrictive on what I did, and I didn't really smoke weed at all in or any other drug uh, in high school. And when I got to college, I'm like, I want to try everything. And I, I did. I tried most uh, recreational drugs. Um, tried cocaine, uh, tried at one point, I don't know, it was a very high opioid, very strong opioid, I don't know if it was Percocet or Vicodin or whatever, or Oxys, I'm not sure. Um, I've done psilocybin, tried LSD, you know, mushrooms, LSD, DMT, Molly, um, so no, I'm not like a crate. I was I. I've had experiences with them. Nothing crazy. Usually, all these were just like one or two times I've done them. Not a ton. Uh, probably, thankfully, I never got super addicted to any of of those. And 
in that time when you're 18 to 22, some people don't have it, but I did. It's just the urge. You want to try everything. I want to try all the drugs. I want to do all the drugs. So I can say I've done them. And then I did them, and now we're here. Um, so we'll get into that. But So I, I'm not like – for the drugs I have done, I'm not inexperienced. But in terms of having a mental illness, I have to come out and say like – Honestly, if you're trying to handle a mental illness, probably the best thing to do is be sober, completely sober. Um, I take a lot of this information uh, from, especially given how in this podcast I focus on a lot bipolar, um, especially drugs like stuff that's even seen as like, eh, it's not a big deal, like weed. Um, weed itself can have marijuana from consistent usage can have the effect of where if you are someone whose genes has the potential potential to have bipolar so say like uh what i mean by that is i have bipolar my siblings don't but they carry the genes of bipolar so if they got and both my siblings smoke weed say if they smoked way too much weed it increases the likelihood of that manifesting later in life i'm pretty sure that's uh one of the things andrew huberman discussed on his episode of marijuana so if you do have bipolar or schizophrenia based on just that i'd say don't try them but <laughs> life's hard and complicated, and so that's what we're here to talk about with that. But honestly, s- s- sobriety or something approximating is probably best if you have a mental illness. Um, and this is – how do I want to draw the line here? How do I want to proceed here? Um, I think experimenting with drugs, like I, I was talking earlier, maybe we'll get back to trying to be formatted. This is the trying drugs in your early, you know, late teens, early twenties. I think is a really good time to do it, and it's, and if you are in that time in your life and you're listening to this, um, I really like the advice Bert Kreischer gave, which is kind of, um, in his podcast I've talked about it before. How there's a bit he has where he he's talking to his daughter before she goes out to college and he goes whatever your mom said is fine but when it comes to drugs take half wait half an hour if you like it take the other half um that is actually a really good rule for a lot of drugs um especially if you do someone like me who due to your mindset you have a propensity to blow up and if you're someone who's also a little wild like me and it's not going to do the totally sober thing because why do you not want to be totally sober? Well, when you're young, and I've spent most of my high school years not doing those things, now you have the freedom, and you want to do those things. And I've talked about it before, but one thing we don't do a good job of, which is why I'm trying to talk about them here, is we don't tell people why they shouldn't do drugs from an honest, experienced perspective. Um, maybe we give somewhere, oh, we had a family member who did a lot of drugs, and we should don't ever do drugs. Um, but I think it does help to hear from someone who's done drugs to some degree be like this is why you shouldn't do this one this one this one or and as in this case amount like if you're a person who has a propensity for psychotic breaks from bipolar or schizophrenia and you're going to try drugs like i said this is not scientific go you have to have a methodology of experimenting but not driving yourself crazy and kind of taking a half of a fourth or if you're snorting coke i've only done coke a couple times but I know as someone with bipolar, it fucking riles you up. It's fucking amazing. Uh, but when I first uh, do a couple lines, maybe do half the line and see how you feel. And if you want to wait a little bit, things are okay. Take the take the other half. 
it's uh it's a pretty it's a pretty good rule. It's not perfect. Uh and you know, like I said, sobriety's probably the safest thing to do if you do have a propensity for these things. But sobriety is it's so lame when you're like, just be sober at 18. Come on, man. I want to go have some fun. Like, that's why I did it, and I did have my fun. And I made my mistakes, too. And I definitely made my mistakes by taking way too many psychedelics, um, which I guess it could have been worse taking too much cocaine or something because you can, you know, uh, get fucked up. Uh, and you can also, I got very fucked up by taking too many psychedelics. There is a line. Um, most people don't have this in them, even if they have a ex- uh, desire to experiment with drugs. I adopted a, a persona when I would go out and drink or smoke or any do any drug. I just wanted to do the same amount of drugs someone who was 300 pounds and 6'5 would do because I just – I was so competitive. I wanted to – I can't I, – I struggle with a middle ground. I'm either going all the way or I'm not doing anything at all. There's no in between. Shout out, shout out to Jocko Go for energy drinks they're the shit um and so i would have nights where i was doing way too much to just prove something it was stupid i'm just a stupid competitive dumb person um and so i think it's important especially if you're experimenting with drugs to try to find a middle ground uh, a solution that can satisfy the part of you that really wants to try all these drugs but at the same time, an approach that doesn't put you at risk. Because if you do have a propensity for mental illness, increasing or uh, psychotic breaks from mainly basically schizophrenics and bipolars, increasing your dopamine is going to increase psychosis, the chance of it. That's just how it works. Um, it's a thing I ran away from for a long time. Uh, but th- those are facts you need to accept. Um, and a lot of times, uh, as Andrew Huberman did in his episode on this, he said, just don't, just stay away from them. Don't do them. Don't do them. (laughs) And I can, I, I I think he's right. I do. I think he's right. But I I was not that person who was like, well, nah, I want to find out for myself. I'm a really find out for myself guy. And I had a lot of fun. Um, there was only, I didn't have a ton of experiences where I went too far until I started doing a lot of psychedelics. Uh, and I was good at balancing things. But hangovers the next day from if you're doing a lot of drugs and you have an illness, you're going to feel like shit the next day. And for so much of my college experience, and I was – I'd go out and drink. Most nights I'm just going out drinking in the bars and nothing crazy, having three, four drinks, nothing crazy. And I would wake up the next day and your depression is awful. You feel like shit the next day. I haven't had a true hangover in years because I had to stop drinking alcohol due to pancreatitis. <laughs> um and so those are things you do. You will pay with those hangovers. And um, I often say to young people, learn what it means to be young. Have fun mistakes that won't fuck you up for the rest of your life. And that being said, with stuff like fentanyl, Dow, if I got any powder from anybody, I would test that shit unless I knew for sure there wasn't fentanyl in it because that stuff is so toxic. So you do have to be careful. I mean, honestly, as I'm doing this episode, it's a lot to try to cover drugs and alcohol in a single episode because there's just so many and I'm mainly just telling my story Um, and with one thing I don't the reason I'm trying to give this balanced approach is you know see what your limit is find out what you can do and be honest when things don't work because 
it's easy for someone like Andrew Huberman, who I'm not dissing him, um, very smart guy, and when he's telling people, and often doctors do this who don't have bipolar, will be like, don't do that. You have bipolar. You can't do those drugs. And they're right. Those drugs increase your likelihood of psychosis. It can be very dangerous. You should just stay away from them. But it's so easy to see say that from your on high throne of knowledge and not having the mental illness. It's really easy because you see the side, the terrible side effects of people taking too many drugs when they have a severe mental illness. And it's really easy to say, well, they shouldn't just do them at all because it's probably the right thing to say. But, but it doesn't take into account the reality of things. It's easy for you if you don't have an illness and you see those, well, why not just not do it? It's like, well, do you deal with frequent mood swings and areas of depression? The reason I like to, like, I like to smoke weed, um, I really enjoy it. I probably shouldn't having bipolar, but I like it, and I've tried to decrease the amount. But the reason I like it is because, one, I have a ton of energy, and I will not stop. It relaxes me. I enjoy it, and it's fun. And it enhances my life. Weed very much so. Weed makes me love life, and I want to find out a way to do it in a safe way. And maybe it is all just dangerous stuff. It's going to come back and bite me when I turn 40. But... A lot of times doctors say, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't, don't, no, 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 And they don't even have the illness. It's like, what the fuck do you know about having it? Well, I see people, I see people who have it, and they shouldn't do it. It's like, easy for you to say when you don't have it, and you're a doctor, and, you know, you're pretty much at the peak of society, so... That's why I'm talking about it because, yeah, life is complicated and sometimes drugs are fun. Um, I find that weed is a drug that is not very addicting. I can manage my usage. I'm not perfect. Um, I can try to find some lower THC strings. That's one other thing I want to mention that if you do have bipolar and like to smoke weed, be careful of the strains that have like 30% plus THC and even the mid-20s um, because I noticed – the more and more I would smoke the, those, and my weed smoking peaked in, like my when I was 22, and then it's kind of gone down. The high THC strains, strains with very high t levels of THC, can make you very manic very quickly. And the more you do those, that can probably cause some problems re later on. Who knows? I may have them as well. And I realize, well, I'm not going to stop smoking weed, so. A lot of times, at least in Denver, there's a lot of strains that don't have as high THC. Um, there's a couple of strains that these uh, couple dispensaries I like to go to that has very low. In fact, it's like six percent because it's also like six percent CBD. And I find those strains work very well. Um, uh, they they they're a good middle ground solution, so you can still smoke weed. And sometimes I'll buy another strain and I'll kind of mix them to try to have a function to minimize the amount of THC, but still being able to enjoy the drug. Um, and this is something that I like. I, just, I, I developed as I started to get in my mid-20s of realizing I cannot keep on drinking and smoking like I used to, partly because I have pancreatitis and I'm obviously at risk with having a mental illness. How can I develop a healthy relationship with drugs? Well, you know, probably the healthiest is just go totally sober, like I said. But I go what I call, I'm going to call almost sober. I'm almost sober. 
I don't really drink anymore. Alcohol is one that if you do have a mental illness, I'll have a, maybe a couple drinks a month, maybe three or four. No more than that. Don't do any more than that. It is really damaging to your body, and it's one where I just noticed for me in particular, I, it made me feel very, very depressed the next day. And one of the drugs I do in my almost sobriety is weed because it's not as quite as addicting. It doesn't have quite the hangovers. I found a way to kind of mitigate the amount of THC I'm smoking, which look for lower strains of THC. And I try to limit it where I'm only smoking th three or four days a week. I call it the 3-4 rule where three or four days a week I'm sober or three or four days a week I'm, I guess, smoking weed. Uh, and then that it's important to allow yourself stuff like this, especially if you have a mental illness and you're young, especially if you just found out. Because going cold turkey um, is probably, again, all these things are anecdotal. Going cold turkey is a healthy option for many people. But I was a person who never had a huge problem with alcohol. It was hard to quit when I was still 23, but it wasn't unbearable. But I, I really, really – I and maybe to some degree I do have an addiction to weed, uh, but it's manageable. I can manage it. I, I have it within a certain set of time. I enjoy those times, um, and it's not getting in the way of other daily functions of me going to work, working out, getting good sleep, being healthy, etc. And I want to preface with I have been super lucky to have a lot of good mental health care my whole life, and if you're someone who hasn't, I could see why sobriety would be a healthy move because being disciplined about drugs is very hard. It's taken me years to develop discipline around it, and it it it, it could have gone really wrong. Um, and you don't want to get dependent on any substance like that because I thought I was like I had to have weed to feel normal, and at at one point in my life, and a couple months later, I was in the mental hospital. Um, and it can aggravate that. And it can be hard when you have a mental illness because drugs can be a very nice relief and escape from the complexities of life and dealing with them. Uh, and sobriety is such an obvious good place to be, but you do, you know, I'm a person who I like to be around people. I don't want to be that boring. Um, I do like to enjoy substances now and then. Uh, I guess to... Yes, you could get into psychedelics. Psychedelics, if you have a mental illness, you have to be careful, very careful. As a person who's done a lot of high dose of psychedelics, psychedelics enhance the state what you're in. And it was great when I was living in at up, up in Boulder at this place called Bear Creek, and my life was great, and my mushroom trips were great. But I tried to take a bunch of mushrooms during the pandemic when I was awful, and I landed in the hospital multiple times. It was embarrassing. It was really hard. It was expensive. And it was my fault because I thought I was using these things as my life was miserable because I was depressed because the pandemic sucked. And I was relying on these substances to make things better, and they don't. Um, don't have an illusion of what the substances you enjoy do or are. They're not a panacea. I used to think mushrooms and psychedelics were a panacea because I had so many amazing experiences on them. And I have, and even the really bad ones, in hindsight, getting through those bad experiences was really uh, 
it put me through the fire, and so I felt like I came out on the other side stronger, but there was no guarantee I would have even coming through. I could – there were several times doing psychedelics I felt like I could have got trapped in a never-ending psychedelic trip, which does happen to people if you do have a mental illness. And so if you have a mental illness, be very careful with psychedelics. Approach them with caution. Um, and this is coming from someone who did not do that. I have done almost six, gram, six, six grams of shrooms at once four different times. Um, and they, I've talked about it before in my previous psychedelic episode. Um, it was very impactful, but I realized, especially after doing DMT, a high dose of DMT, um, I didn't want to do a high dose of psychedelics ever again because I felt that if I did them again, I would go into a state where I could not return to normal sobriety and normalcy, and that is a form of torture. So be very careful if you do have mental illness of high doses of psychedelics same thing with and i think that's why weed at high doses is somewhat dangerous because we can obviously with edibles and stuff get people to very high psychedelic almost states and you need to be careful with that and be honest with yourself that if you have a disease of okay how am i doing this am i going don't be an idiot like me who's like, I'm going to take six grams of mushrooms and then I'm going to see God and I'm going to be a God and I'm going to learn all this shit. Because you're not. You're going to end up fighting yourself in the bathroom, nearly breaking your hand, trying to fight the evil school shooter version of yourself. And then when you come to, you're psychotic and screaming at your family for five hours. <laughs> and that's what happened to me uh, on like the last time I did six grams of mushrooms. It was It was awful and it was all my fault and I had to work through it, and it's still embarrassing to this day. Take like a gram or two. Go on a hike. Take it from someone who has done those doses. I don't recommend. I'm not going to say anyone don't do it because I did learn a lot from those experiences. But it was like going to – almost like going through a – I don't want to say a warlike experience because I don't want to – I'm not a soldier, and I don't know what that's like, but it was – of transformative experience every time that shook me to the core every time. And I think everyone can hit those states with no matter what drug they're doing where they realize, God, I'm not getting anything out of this the more I do this. Maybe I need to go sober. Maybe I need to just try to cut this back. Um, now I'll, I'll take like a gram or two of mushrooms and go on a hike and do something fun like that. That's I usually like to be out in nature. Um but I'm never again doing a hero's journey. I've had um, four of them already. I don't think I need any more. I've done a couple doses of LSD and a couple doses of uh, DMT, and all those were very impactful, but they're dangerous. I had to admit, I had to admit that these psychedelic drugs, especially, have the very high potential by increasing serotonin and dopamine and probably other things in my brain, to putting, pushing me to the edge of the brink of being psychotic. It's why I think regulating drugs with people with bipolar who may not have had the tools and the know-how to deal with an illness growing up, they struggle to regulate drugs and alcohol because they may not have been very disciplined. You need a lot of discipline to be able to do that, and you have to be able to self-evaluate and be honest with yourself and tell yourself, oh, doing this drug is not working anymore, and I am putting myself at risk, and I should probably stop. Or, okay, that was a very scary experience. Let me take a break for couple days a week or so and do i want to approach trying this drug again do we want to try with less amount how do we want to do this how do we want to find a safe way to approach it talk to yourself and 
I think you need to be open. You know, some being sober works for a lot of people, but I think people can also find a way to deal with drugs in a healthy way. Um, and at the same time, you have to have this is the same balance. You have to be able to say this isn't working anymore. If you get to that point, and that point is different for everybody. Um, I'm at the point where <sighs> it's why I say when you're young in your early 20s, you may want to go and try drugs because you're young. Um, hopefully, you can do it in a a safe and risk not a risk avoidant way, but a way in which you are taking calculated risks. And I took a lot of calculated risks, and I had a lot of fun experiences. Um, and I had a lot of experiences that weren't so fun that landed me in the hospital and made me feel ashamed. I remember the second time I was in the hospital for pancreatitis, I felt like death, and I realized if I kept on drinking at the same level, I was going to die. And I didn't want to die. So I severely cut that back. It's hard because if you have a mental illness, drugs and alcohol feel great, but they have side effects. Just like pain and pleasure circuits work on the same, I guess, neural circuits, from what I understand. And so if you're feeling great, you're going to feel that much. You're not going to just feel that much, much worse. You're going to go down below your baseline of dopamine. And you're going to have that like depraved craving sense, no matter what. Um, it's why I think that if you do try to do drugs, try to find out what's the minimum, uh, what is the minimum amount I can do where I can have a maximally great time without having all these awful side effects and negatives. This, this episode has felt a little, little clunky, um, but I'm glad I'm doing this. I wanted to put in an episode where I did talk honestly and openly about drugs and alcohol. Uh, I think it's easy. I guess kind of let's circle back um, a little bit. Let's talk about. I want to talk. I've talked about weed, my weed usage, but I also want to talk about one thing that weed can become because weed's not like a super, like you're not hungover the next day. It's an easy drug to just do all the time, and I've been in those situations where oh, I'm eating food. I want to be high so this food tastes better. I'm I'm doing this. I want to do this so this feels better. Uh, I'm gonna be high for everything and. I understand that because it is really fun, but if you're high all the time, you're never high. So it does get to a point where are you just being lazy smoking weed all day? And I have to ask myself that. Some nights I'm coming home from comedy, and I'm like, I just, or I'm coming home to, to drop my shit off before I go out and do some open mics, and I'm like, I just want to sit here and smoke weed. That's why I adopted the 3 4 rule to be sober three or four days a week to help mitigate that. Because, yeah, you want to have fun, but you don't want to be – it's easy to fall in. Weed can make you lazy. If you're smoking it all the time, it's easy to be – that's the only thing you want to do. And you can do that, especially if you're in a state where it's legal. It's like, why not? I'll just do that all the time. But you really should try to have some restraint. I think restraint when you're trying to use drugs makes them more fun. When I become more restrictive to when I can smoke weed, I know notice I enjoy it more immediately. And it enhances things. It doesn't fix things. So you have to have times where you say, well, tonight maybe not. I'm not. Maybe I'll smoke it on Friday or 
at some other time and I'll enjoy it then. And that's really important with any any drug. Another one is alcohol to kind of bounce to that one. Alcohol is so much fun. It's so much fun, especially when you're young and your hangovers aren't awful. And your pancreas works and you can drink it. But alcohol, that's a very heavy toll. It's very toxic on your body. Again, I'm not a doctor and I don't know all the awful stuff it does, but it's not good for you. Like no amount is. And it's one where I think because you can get physically dependent, if you have a mental illness, you need to be very careful because you're going to really like alcohol if you have a mental illness. That's one thing people don't want to say. If you have a mental illness, you're going to love drugs. Drugs are going to feel awesome. Uh, especially if you have bipolar, you're going to freaking, your mania is going to be spinning up when you're doing this drug. You're going to feel great. You're going to feel awesome. It's going to be amazing. But the come down when you're hungover is also going to be equally awful. And it it's physically addicting. If you get physically addicted to that and you have a mental illness, it's a recipe for disaster. I have alcoholism in my family, and it comes from the side that's actually not, that doesn't have mental illness. But my great-grandfather was a terrible alcoholic. He worked on the railroad and had good reason to, but it makes you violent. It is a, it is a drug I caution people with, especially if you really like it. If you really, 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 really like a drug, I think you need to be the most critical of your drug usage. Like, I really, really like weed, and I try to be as critical as I can of my usage of it. Um, because you're going to find a way to defend it in your mind. As you should. I mean, it's not, you know, wrong to like things, but if, you're, if your drinking's affecting things, you need to be open to that and aware. Self-awareness is very hard. You have to start somewhere. You have to start calling yourself on your shit when you do see it. And... These are conversations that I think why sobriety is an easy thing because it's just an absolute. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. Um, and that's a choice a lot of people make. And I'm for people making whatever choice. But I'm trying to give an honest, open assessment of drugs and alcohol. And, I mean, I don't even have a ton of experience with, like, opioids and stuff. I one time had a, a couple pills from a prescription I had uh, for pancreatitis. And I took a couple pills at the time, um, like two or three, and popped him in and watched uh, a movie, and it was amazing. If this is what heroin's like, I was like on a fluffy cloud watching Spirited Away. It was an awesome time. So drugs are fun. Drugs are fun. Drugs are a lot of fun. But that's also why they're dangerous, because they can become the thing that that's all you want to do. Just like I was into video games growing up, that's all I wanted to do, because they were fun. But when you just do one of those things that's just fun, it sucks the life out of every other areas of your – it sucks the life out of all other areas of your life. I think it's the price you pay when you just have one thing you want to do, like just drink, just do this, just that, just that. I've, I hadn't – I'll probably do another episode in a, uh, here soon about if I just do one thing, I don't like that thinking. If I And it could be anything. Well, if I just go to this one class, if I just do this one thing, if I just do this, everything will be okay. Uh, it's very dangerous thinking. Usually issues in life and being okay is a multi-variable solution that you want to look at in in depth in a critical way. And just doing one thing, usually that's not life how, how life works. It's how it landed me in the hospital when I was doing too many psychedelics. This mentality, like the world's a crazy, confusing, fucked up place and so is life. And if you have mental illness, it's equally more fucked up. Uh, and you cannot rely on
just a single activity or drug to fix everything without it catastrophically damaging other areas of your life. Life is complicated, and you have to take multiple approaches to things and do multiple things to get through life. You can't just do one thing. I wish it worked that way. But you have to have a multivariate approach to things. And so drugs can really easily become this one thing. If I just do this one thing, if I just do this, if I just do this, I'm going to be okay. If I just do this, I'll be fine at this party. If I just do, if I just, I, if I smoke this, if I drink this, if you're basically putting all your anxiety and your worries on this one thing and you're painting, taking one big thing of paint, trying to paint over all your problems that'll fix. And honestly, there it's just kind of covering things up, but things are still there and it, it's a big mess. It's why I think with if you're you have to adopt approach well, I'm gonna use these drugs to relax, but it's not the only thing I'm gonna do to make sure to, to make sure that I am a healthy person. I am working out, I'm eating healthy, and I'm going to enjoy this. These are conversations I think it's important for people to start to have with one another, or I mean with themselves, to try to understand what those balances are. And it couldn't be just like I said, drugs and alcohol. Sometimes it is the best way to just be sober versus this kind of almost sober that I'm doing where you're being very critical of the amount of alcohol you're drinking and drugs you're putting into your system And is your usage damaging? Um, that can be hard, especially if you really like a drug. But if you can find a way to have it take its proper place within your life, I think they can be a very rewarding thing, and a very interesting thing, and a very fun thing. Uh, but you got to be honest with yourself. Can I do this? <laughs> and... I should finish because this is an episode about mental health. Never, ever, 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 ever use drugs, especially not drugs that are prescribed to you for the purpose to, like, deal with a mental illness. Like, oh, I have bipolar, but I smoke a lot of weed. Is To me, that's not a problem that I have a solution for. It's two problems. If you are smoking a lot of weed and you have a disease like bipolar, like, it's probably exacerbating both of those problems. Do not use recreational drugs to treat an illness. And don't have the illusion that using this drug is making your illness better. It may even feel like it's making it better, but it's not. It's a form of running from your problems. It's painting over all the complexities of your life with a single color. Weed, alcohol, whatever. And you're saying, oh, this is all of it. It's fixed. No, it's not. It's going to make things worse. And your dopamine is probably going in the graph like up and down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And that also means your mood is also going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And these drugs were meant as... don't fool yourself with what drugs like alcohol and weed are for. They enhance things. They make life great. They don't fix things. That's what therapy's for. It's what actual um, medications are for. Uh, especially if you're a person who's substituting your actual medications for alcohol. Like, I've always consumed 
alcohol and weed on medications. I've never once thought of those as, eh. When I was like 19, maybe at times I did. I'm going to say never. Uh, but I, I was, I was one, my hospitalization when I was 19, one of the things I was hospitalized for was hospitalized for was um, cannabis addiction. I was addicted to cannabis, and I was using it to fix my problems, partly because the medications I was taking that were prescribed to fix things had stopped working as they had when I was younger, as I had gotten older, and they kind of flipped. And so I was taking medications that were making me manic, and then I was trying to treat these manic symptoms by smoking more weed, which then made me even more manic. And you kind of get these feedback loops. It's very easy to get feedback loops, especially when you're taking a lot of different drugs and you have these cocktails. And who knows, especially if you're taking more hardcore stuff like heroin and meth. Uh, meth, that's how uh, heroin, you know, meth, um, amphetamines and stuff like that. That's very toxic. I've lost two cousins to overdoses relating to sometimes opioids. Um, you know, yeah, hardcore drugs because they just took the amount that they were using it to self-medicate. Self-medicating is very, very dangerous. And what I mean by self-medicating, I mean taking a – basically treating a symptom or something you have that is relating to your mental illness with a drug that was not approved by a doctor um, to treat it. So if you're, oh, I'm feeling depressed, I'm going to go drink. Not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> Uh, that's self-medicating, and especially if you do have mental illness and you start medicating with harder and harder drugs, those that's going to catch up to you, and that's how two of my cousins have died. Is They thought they were taking a certain amount of one thing, and they took too much, and it was toxic, and it killed them. Don't let that happen to you, because it can. Try to get help, try to get uh, a doctor, a psychiatrist, and try to develop a voice in your head that is caring for you and can be honest and self-reflective, which is really hard to. It's taken me 25 years to be able to do that and a lot of fucking therapy, so it's not an easy thing to do. But I think with, especially if you're going to adopt a, well, I don't want to be totally sober mentality with drugs, you have to be self-aware, you really do. And when you draw the line, I am starting to kind of go in circles. So I think I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, I will probably come back and do more episodes on this as things come around. But for now, uh, thank you so much for watching.